Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. I am so thankful that you are taking the time to join me today as we open up God's Word and continue our study of the armor of God. I hope this weekend has been going well for you. I hope you have uh, been able to have time to be in God's Word yourself. just want to remind you it's always important for us to study God's Word ourselves. It's great to be in a church service, and we need to be with the body of believers that we can grow together with, serve with, encourage one another, and receive that word of God from from the pastor each and every week. And it's great to worship together. That corporate worship is just awesome. But we have to feed ourselves during the week. So I hope you're doing that. And if you're not, then I encourage you to do so. Just make an intentional time for you and God to be in his word and just ask the Holy Spirit to teach you every time you open up that word, and he will. I hope you've been enjoying this series on the armor of God, the full armor of God. If you've missed any of the messages, you can listen to our podcast. Just look us up on Podbean or Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just look up the Love and Action podcast. You will see messages there about the armor of God and, and many other messages that I've shared on Sunday morning with Love and Action. You can catch up with those messages there. We're going to go forward today in this series, as I mentioned, and we're going to look at the shield of faith. But before we do, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, the name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Jesus is Lord. We come to you this morning, Lord, excited about your word, thankful for your word. God, that you would give us your word is just awesome. You give us your instructions on how to live this life. You, God, you just give us everything we need. And Lord, if we just dig into your word, we will be able to walk this life that you have given us, Lord, in such closeness to you. Lord, that's how you want it to be. You want that personal relationship, you and your children walking together. And Father, I pray this morning for, for believers. God, I pray for stronger faith. Lord, as we study the, the shield of faith, Lord, let it build our, our faith up and see that we need to lift our faith up and believe in your word, believe in your promises. And God, I pray for those who are listening who don't know you, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. They've heard about you. They may have been brought up in church, but just never made that decision to give their lives to you. I pray today they'll call out to you, Lord. God, I know you'll meet them right where they're at, just like you met me right where I was at when I gave my life to you. I thank you, Father, that you're not a respecter of persons. You love us all the same. And I thank you that you desire for each one of us to come to you and enter into that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we open up your word, I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you will teach us, guide us, lead us into all truths. And may we be doers of your word, Father God, and not hearers only. We give you all praise, all honor, and all glory. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. The fourth piece of the armor of God the Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians chapter 6 is the shield of faith. Remember, our key scripture is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. I've mentioned throughout this series that Paul had been under house arrest. He was well acquainted with a soldier's armor, and God gave him this spiritual analogy to the armor that he gives us and is using the pieces of the Roman soldier's army to illustrate the armor of God, the spiritual armor that God gives us. So the shield of faith 
that Paul's talking about here. We need to think about what purpose did it serve the Roman soldiers. And more importantly, we're going to look at what does a spiritual shield do to serve us. In the Bible, Old Testament, Daniel chapter 3, records a story of a burning furnace, a fiery furnace. And it is a powerful story of faith. And it shows us what the shield of faith truly looks like and can truly do in our lives. In the story in Daniel chapter 3, there are three young men, and they stood looking at the very site where they were going to be put to death. The edict had gone out, and they were to be thrown alive and bound into a furnace that was heated seven times its usual fever. It was not just hot, it was seven times hotter than usual. Everyone watching understood this was an execution of these three young men. This was what happens when one disobeyed the king. So the king was making a point here. You disobey him, he would have you executed. Just moments ago, before they were to be thrown into the fire, the three young men had been given a chance to circumvent their fate. With a little more than a few motions on their part, they could have saved their lives, but they refused. Why? Why would they refuse to save their lives? The king had previously set up a 90-foot-high golden statue, and at various times throughout the day, when some music prompted people to bow to that statue, out of the entire nation, there were just these three names given who had the courage to stand against this royal decree. And for that courage, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were going to die. They were going to be killed. When King Nebuchadnezzar became aware of their insubordination, he summoned these rebels, that's what he thought they were, were rebels, and gave them an ultimatum. He told them to worship the statue or to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And their response is written in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. If you've never read this story out of Daniel chapter 3, I encourage you to read it today. And if you have, but it's been a while, read it again. Such a powerful story of faith. Starting in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. The faith of these three men in God allowed them to stand up to the world's most powerful man and refuse to follow his blasphemous orders. Now that's faith. They knew what was about to happen to them, but they refused to bow. They refused to bow because their faith in God. They knew God's word. They knew his promises, and they were not about to bow to a golden statue or to any other God other than the one and only Most High God. They were thrown into the furnace and miraculously delivered unharmed by God. But perhaps the most amazing thing about their story is their unwavering dedication to God in the face of an unknown outcome. Their faith was strong enough to accept giving their lives. They were willing to give their lives because of their faith in God. That is even more powerful than the fact that God saved them from the fire. And again, I encourage you to go and read Daniel chapter 3. Just such a phenomenal story about faith. We have to ask ourselves, do we have that kind of faith? Could we stand before someone who's about to kill us unless we deny Jesus, unless we bow to them or to their God? That happens 
all around the world where Christians are faced with that decision. They are told to deny Christ or they're going to die. And so many Christians are martyred each and every year. That's why we need to keep praying for our brothers and sisters all around this world, that they will not waver in their faith. And we need to pray for our own faith, that when we're faced with a situation like that, that we won't waver in our faith either, that we will stand strong like our brothers and sisters all around this world, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and not bow to anyone but our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's taking up the shield of faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego gave us incredible witness of taking up the shield of faith. Now, up until now, Paul's description of the armor of God has been limited to items that we wear. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes, the preparation of the gospel. So those are pieces that we wear. The shield is different. Paul tells us that the shield is something we must take up, something we are required to raise Just strapping it onto our arms won't do any good because what good would a shield be if we strapped it on our arms and just it was just hanging by our side? It wouldn't protect us at all, would it? So we have to raise it. We have to use it. The Roman shield was not the standard medievalist shield that most of us picture uh, in our minds when we're thinking about shields. It was instead a very large and it was slightly curved rectangular shield featuring at its center a large metal knob that was called a boss. Now the shield, it wasn't an impressive line of defense because of its sheer size. It was, in some cases it was three and a half feet tall and almost three feet wide. So you can see how the Roman soldiers were afforded a great deal of protection from their enemies when they raised the shield. And because of its slight curve, It was able to deflect attacks without transferring the full force of the assault onto the man who was holding the shield. And because of the boss, that large metal knob in the center, it was able to deflect even more of the vicious blows that came to a soldier. And it also functioned in a limited offensive capacity as a means of knocking an opponent backwards. They could actually hit their opponent with that shield and knock them backwards. And so that's what the shield was used for, for a Roman soldier. Now let's talk about the spiritual aspect of a shield. And we need to start first at what is faith? Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, where we read, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Here is a biblical definition of faith that clears up some common misconceptions. I think too often the word faith is defined not totally accurate in many instances. It seems to be this obscure thing, but it's not. Because we look at the definition that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And we, when, we, when you look at it, this really has far-reaching implications. The, the substance of things hoped for. Substance is tangible. And the evidence is solid proof. So faith is, by definition, not some hazy emotion Without any grounding in reality, it is the irrefutable truth. Faith is real. Though it is based on solid evidence, that doesn't mean that faith comes naturally or easily. I think we all can understand that. We all know that. And Paul here makes the obvious but necessary point that you don't hope for what you already have. Faith involves a huge element of trust. We must examine the evidence and see that God proved himself to be unchanging and consistent. And then we must firmly believe that he will fulfill his promise to us. So we need to know the word of God. 
We need to know his promises. I think another important thing to do is journal. Now, some people journal daily. I'm not one of those people, but I have written down things over the years of what God has done in my life. And and I see because of his promises, he did that. And so when I'm faced with a situation, I can look at God's word and see where it says that he promised certain things. And then I can look back and see what he did in situations in my life. And I know that God is going to do it again. And I know I can trust him because God cannot lie. And if God says something, he is going to do it. So now we got to ask ourselves, where does living, saving faith come from? We're told that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. God gives us faith. God gives us that living, saving faith. While we must believe God to even begin our walk with him after repentance and baptism, he gives us an even deeper, living, growing faith through his Holy Spirit. So faith is not a just a one-time shot, not just a one-time in, injection. God gives us his faith. He fills us with his faith at that moment of salvation. But that faith grows. And if you've walked with the Lord for any amount of time, your faith should continue to grow. I know over the years, my faith has just increased and increased and increased because I see God moving in my life. I see what he's doing And that just increases my faith each and every day, each and every week, each and every month, each and every year. Our faith needs to be growing. And it will when we dedicate our lives to Jesus and we focus on his word. We focus on living for him and we see him moving in our lives each and every day. Now, why would Paul associate a shield with faith? Let's go back to Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So a shield guards, just like we talked about the Roman soldiers and how that shield protected them. The shield of faith. Faith is that shield that protects us spiritually. Faith protects our spiritual lives even in the middle of physical trials. Now, when Satan, through Nebuchadnezzar, attacked the values and beliefs of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were able to stand resolute and unwavering because of their faith. In their response, they essentially said, God is capable of delivering us from this faith. We don't know if he will or not, but that doesn't matter. He gave us his commands, and we are going to keep them regardless of the physical outcome. We know He can just as easily raise us from the dead. Have you ever faced death before from maybe a sickness? I have. I remember having faith in God. This was back in uh, 2016. I remember my faith in God was just so strong. And this is all him, not bragging on myself at all. This is all God. But I remember saying, well, I believe God can heal me. But if he doesn't, I'm ready to go home to heaven because I know his promise is that I've trusted in Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I've given my life to him. So I know that when I die, when my physical body perishes, my spirit won't. My spirit will go on to be with him. And so I was able to stand, or actually I was lying down at that moment, not able to move much at all. But I was able to face that with the faith and knowing that God can heal me or he can take me home. And either way, I'm going to be good. Even better if I was with him in his presence right now. 
but he chose to bring healing to my body. Now, I remember the moment that that happened. I still went through a lot of physical issues, but I knew one certain night, one particular night, that he was going to keep me here on earth, that he was going to bring healing to my body, and I was going to remain here on earth for however much longer he decides. But that's what faith can do. That's, that's the shield of faith, that no matter what happens in our lives, if our faith is strong in Jesus, we can face anything, and we can make it through anything because of him. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. A shield deflects. Satan is always hurling his fiery darts of fear, doubt, worry in our direction. But the only time they can hit us is when we let our shield of faith down. When we stop believing that God is in control, that he is working everything out for our good, that whatever happens is the ultimate best of everyone involved. However little it seems to be that way, we have to keep our faith in him. Don't, don't let our faith down. Because the second we do, Satan is able to hit us with those fiery darts. And he loves to use fear as one of his weapons against us. If he can get any fear in our mind, then... We, it makes our, our fighting back even tougher. That's why we have to keep our shield up. And don't, don't let fear, don't let worry, doubt, any of that enter in. But keep up your faith in God by knowing God's promises, by trusting God. That's how our, field, our shield of faith stays up and quenches all the fiery darts of, of Satan. Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 through 31, another one of my favorite stories and it deals with Peter, and I can relate so much to Peter. You know, Peter was a man of faith and a disciple of Jesus Christ, and he became a great apostle of Jesus Christ. But as he was in these early stages, he had some moments of just being a knucklehead, and that's why I know I can relate with, with him. And Peter is here with Jesus in Matthew chapter 14. Let's pick up in verses 28, they're out on the water. He's in a boat. Jesus is walking on the water. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And Peter had come down out of the boat. He walked on water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You see, Peter let his shield down, didn't he? Let his shield of faith down. He had, he had great faith that if Jesus told him to walk to him on the water, that he would be able to walk. So he had to step out of the boat, step down out of the boat, actually, and onto the water. And he actually walked on the water because he had faith in Jesus that he could do that. Now, I don't know anybody else who could put that on their resume that they walked on water other than, of course, Jesus and here is Peter. But then Peter took his eyes off Jesus. He let his shield down and he sank. But this is how awesome Jesus is. And this is how, how awesome prayer is and why I often say you don't have to have long prayers to be effective. Prayers can be Effective prayers can be very, very short. You see, Peter's was, Lord, save me. Three words, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately saved him, immediately lifted him up out of that water. And then he told him, why did you doubt? 
why did you let your faith down? Uh, you could have walked all the way out here to me. But he lost faith because he saw the storms around him. And that can happen to us in our lives, we, the storms of life, as we often call them. It may be sickness. It may be financial issues. It may be, it, there's so many things out there. But we don't need to focus on them. Yes, we need to know what's going on and do what we're supposed to do, but all at the same time, keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping our trust, our hope, our faith in Jesus, and he will not let us sink. He will let us go through a fire. Sometimes we have to go through it. Sometimes he'll, he'll take, it, take us out of that fire, but oftentimes we have to go through it because we learn so much when we do, but he is with us and he will get us through. We just have to have our faith in him, not losing faith, not worrying, not doubting, but keeping our faith in him. As a shield is the first line of defense. While the rest of our armor does help protect us from Satan's onslaught, it is not what you ideally want to be using to absorb every hit. You don't, for example, want to go into battle intentionally blocking everything with your head. Now, that just that would be stupid, wouldn't it? <laughs> Going into a battle saying, I'm going to block everything that the enemy shoots at me with my head. Well, you won't last very long at all doing it that way. But when our faith in God's omnipresence and knowing that his care for us is so strong, it is impossible for Satan to break through our shield and land an attack. But when we allow doubt to creep in, as Peter did, when he got distracted by the, by the waves, we will start to sink. The rest of our armor will be battered, and so will we. But an actively raised shield of faith prevents this otherwise inhibiting fatigue. Keep our shield of faith raised up. Don't get fatigued. Don't get tired. Keep our faith strong in Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. shield can incapacitate. When Christ was being tempted by Satan, his faith in the word and commands of God repelled Satan for a time. Hebrews fourteen fifteen tells us that Christ was tempted in all things, so this was certainly not the only encounter Christ had with the devil. The boss, that metal knob in the middle of a Roman's shield, allowed the soldiers to give their enemies a, a stunning shove, you know, just shove them back. And that would allow them to follow through with an attack. Our faith in God, as demonstrated by Jesus, can also give Satan a good shove backwards and give us a chance to fight back by doing God's will and work. Because God tells us that faith cannot just be in our minds. It must produce actions, works of obedience and service. And we read about that in James chapter 2, verse 20. It's not just thinking it. We can think about faith, but we have to put that faith into action and, and put it into works of obedience and service to our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Roman military had an inventive and very effective tactic that they used with their large shields. When enemies would begin firing arrows and projectiles at the army, the soldiers would close in ranks and they would form a rectangle and they called it a tortoise formation. Those on the outside would use their shields to create a wall around the perimeter 
then those in the middle would raise their shields over their heads to protect everyone from those arrows coming in from the air. The result was a formidable human tank that could only be stopped with a very tremendous effort. It's hard to stop that human tank. We're totally protected by the shields. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You see, when the Roman army joined their shields together, it became an almost unstoppable force. If we, the church of God, the body of Christ, joined our shields, we would strengthen each other with our faith. We'd build up and serve within the body as we are able, we will become an unstoppable force able to take on any challenge. Just think about that and how awesome that would be if if we would just come together. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to be united in him as a body of believers. Yes, we have different houses of worship, but together we make up the body of Christ. And when we join together, and, and I see that happen, and it's a beautiful thing when that happens. It's powerful when that happens. But we can be an unstoppable force. The enemy cannot stop a move of God like that. We must remember as we fight that this is not simply our battle. This is the battle of all of our brothers and sisters, both near and around the world. And if we're going to win, it will only be once we put our faith in God and stand side by side contending earnestly and as one for our common salvation, the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Jude chapter 1 verse 3. Together as the body of Christ, we can overcome anything that the enemy throws at us. Let's focus on Jesus, focus on living for him, and focus on working together. It doesn't matter if you go to a house of worship down the street, and I go to the one on the other end of the street. We're the body of Christ. We can still work together. And we all have different callings, right? God gives us all different gifts. But when we put those gifts together and we work as one body, just amazing things happen. So the shield of faith, our faith, is founded on the promises of God. So that's that's how we strengthen our faith. That's how we lift up, raise up the shield of faith by being familiar with the promises of God and trusting him. That will build our faith and that will keep our shield of faith raised up, quenching all the fiery darts of the evil one. So my question is, do you know the promises of God? If not, open up his word. As I mentioned at the beginning, study his word, 
get fed at church, yes, but study his word throughout the week and do it. Do a search. The you, you can Google the promises of God, or you can get a concordance and look up the promises of God. But do a study on the promises of God, and maybe we'll do that one one day, or do a series here on Sunday morning with love and action about the promises of God. But get yourself familiar with the promises of God, and trust Him, trust God that He's going to fulfill His promises because He does. He always does. He never lets us down. And let's keep our shield of faith raised high. Well, thank you for joining me this morning, and I hope you have a good rest of the day. I hope you open up Ephesians chapter 6 and read verses 10 through 20, and read Daniel chapter 3, such a phenomenal story of faith. And maybe you can end your, your weekend that way and start the new week with your faith increased and keep that shield lifted high. I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his face upon you and give you peace.